Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to the program. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids Network. Today we are talking about the films Max, Jurassic World, The Legend of Longwood, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, and the new film Inside Out. So to kick off the show, we have with us Jerry. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How about you? I'm doing very well myself. Thank you for asking. Um, So we are going to be talking all about the new film Max. Uh, So for those of us who don't know a lot about it, why don't you tell our audience? Yeah, of course. So pretty much Max is about this dog who is a military dog, and he sadly loses his trainer during the war, and it's and he's pretty traumatized, as you can imagine, losing his best friend of life. So he has to head back home to normal life as a domestic dog, and the only person that he can actually deal with is the trainer's younger brother, who doesn't even want to deal with Max. Soon they do connect, and they start this huge adventure. If you want to find out more, you have to watch the film. And I have to say, I do recommend it because it's heartwarming and Max is just amazing to see. Yeah, it seems I hadn't heard a lot about this film, but reading about it and looking into it, it seems like a very heartwarming film. And it's based on a true story, correct? It is not actually based off a true story. Oh, well, my bad on that. Well, it looks very interesting. And I know a lot of, you know, even though it may not be based on an exact true story, I'm sure um, there's a lot of stories that parallel this. So I think it's very interesting. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the visuals of this film. Well, there's not much special effects. Surprisingly, they actually had seven dogs, I believe, that played the character of Max. One had each talent. There was a main dog named Carlos that played Max mainly. And most of it, and almost all of it, was not visual effects. If there was any visual effects, it was maybe during the military seasons, which were barely, barely any. And it, I think they actually did an amazing job training the dogs because it looks like most people would just do visual effects to make the dogs run faster, to jump. But no, these are hardworking, trained, real dogs. And speaking of these hardworking, trained, real dogs, I hear you got to sit down with the dog trainer um, of this film. So can you talk to us a little bit about your experience with that? Yes, uh, her name is Matilda, and I also got to meet the main dog I was talking about, Carlos, who's a sweetheart. And she was pretty much telling me about how it takes a very long time to train them. It takes a lot of patience. And she also gave me some tips for people out there that want to train their own little canine. It's really easy. Go online, watch videos. She said clicker training, which is when you like make a click and give them a treat when they do good. And it was very interesting to talk to her and see how they did train Carlos. And he was being good uh, when I was interviewing her and Carlos was in between us he was just sitting there being a pretty good boy so they definitely trained them very well mm-hmm. uh, so as you mentioned this film sort of follows the story of Max going off to live with um, his new handler after this traumatic experience can you talk to us a little bit about the relationship and character development between Max and his new owner yeah so his little brother who is still a kid his name is Justin Still a little kid and still in the family. He's actually a teenager. And Justin, unlike his brother, who was kind of like a hero sort of figure that 
kind of stood out, helped in the community. Justin likes playing video games. Gets on his computer, plays video games. He's doing some not-so-good stuff with a couple of other kids. I can't really talk about it because it would spoil the film. Yeah. But he's not like his brother. And when this dog figure comes along and his parents kind of drop Max on him to deal with, he kind of is like, what? I'm not dealing with this. I'm a typical teenager. I want to play video games. So it's interesting to see how both Max and him develop through the film. Max dealing with what he got, which is post-traumatic stress, and him being less of a typical teenager, more of an actual good kid. Uh, just a technical question, I guess, since, you know, they didn't use any special effects, which I think is pretty cool for the dogs and stuff. How were you able to tell sort of the trauma that the dogs had been through by their, you know, reactions and by their quote-unquote acting? Well, in some parts of the film, they actually kind of explain with part of the story what post-traumatic stress is or post-traumatic stress syndrome, I think is the full name. And how it affects dogs. And you can see it because when uh, their brother's best friend, who did survive the battle where he passed away, met Ma- saw Max. Max went uh, completely ballistic, as you can imagine. And Max really didn't trust anybody. He was barking at everybody, trying to bite everybody. No one could touch him. And he was freaking out at anything that sounded like a gunshot or an explosion. So 4th of July, you can imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I think that's pretty cool that they were able to sort of narrate that and explain that so that it's more clear to the audience. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are talking about the films Max, Jurassic World, The Legends of Longwood, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, and Inside Out. So right now we are talking with Jerry about the new film Max, uh, which is about a dog who was in the Marines and he, um, he loses his sort of companion and uh, goes off to live with uh, a new handler family, and it sort of just follows his journey and the relationship between him and his new family. And it sounds like a really touching film. So what do you think about sort of the message and the emotions behind this movie? This is actually a very hard question. I talked to the director who also produced and wrote the film, and even he had troubles answering this question because there's really no main moral or message of the story. It's more kind of like, this is Max. He is a dog who went through a lot, yet he still is connected to his family and loyal to them. And I think it's also showing that because there's a big part of what really determines a hero. And at one point, the father who completely, well, disliked Justin kind of said that he really, Justin really is a hero because even if he does stuff bad, he admits to it every single time. And that makes him a hero. And there are some, there are some military conspiracy stuff. So I think it's just really kind of relate to the hero and saying that it's really hard to determine it. I think it's more saying that Max is Max and other people like that are heroes because they stay loyal even after they're going through the worst thing imaginable. Yeah, well, I think definitely something that I could I could get. I mean, I have not yet seen the film. I definitely want to, but something that I get from that is. You know, heroes don't always come in the shapes and sizes that you would expect them to, you know, and and you can go through a lot and still be a hero and still be, you know, that stand up person or canine in this situation. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, but so as you said, you got to talk with the director um, and you also got to talk with um, the trainer. Is there anyone else you got to sit down and speak with? Yes, I talked to a couple of the cast, including Josh Wiggins, who plays Justin. 
and the director also wrote and produced the film, as I said. And it, it was very interesting to talk to all of them and kind of get an idea on how it was the film. They all said that it was very interesting to work with animals because sometimes the animals wouldn't do what they're told and they were too tired because dogs aren't as easily to be on film as us humans. And it was just very interesting to get to, to know how they learned the film. Yeah, I think it would definitely be difficult, especially in films where there's a lot of animals. Um, as you mentioned, they use like seven dogs in this movie, right? Well, actually, if you think about a total, they used over 12 or 15 dogs because Max wasn't the only canine character. There are a lot of other canine dogs in the story. So there was a good 15, maybe 16 dogs in the entire movie. It was ridiculous, well, actually. Props to the dog trainer for... yeah. You know, facilitating all of that and keeping all of that in check but I think you know dogs are very very smart creatures and I think it's kind of cool that this movie is able to sort of depict that and show that because I think a lot of times people don't give enough credit to our four-legged friends you know so I think I think it's pretty cool that they were able to be in this film and you know portray such strong emotions so talk to me a little bit about the soundtrack, because this film does sound very emotional, and I know music is a huge conveyor of emotions. Surprisingly, barely has any music. Oh, really? Very, very surprisingly. I completely was with you. I thought there would be some pretty sad music at times, but no, I think what they did is they wanted you to more focus on Max and Justin and the, the characters than to focus on, hey, what's, what music is that? And I think it fits the plot because it is a good and heartwarming story, but there is like a side plot that kind of makes the story more exciting mm -hmm. that has to do with some conspiracy stuff. Again, I can't talk about it because it would spoil the film, but... <laughs> you don't want to get sucked into the conspiracies. People come after you. Yes, exactly. That is exactly what... But um, <laughs> it's... I think they didn't put any music because there are some action-y scenes, so music wouldn't really fit. Yeah, I totally get that. Uh, well, before we're out of time, would you tell me how many stars you give this film? Yes, of course. Even though it was a little bit boring at times, they did do fantastic at original story, controlling the dogs well, wonderful acting. So I do have to give it five out of five stars. Well, thank you so much for telling us all about Max. Guys, this is rated PG, so make sure you and your family go check it out. It is in theaters on June 26th. So definitely uh, check it out. Give it a view. Jerry, thank you so much. As always, always a pleasure to talk with you. Of course, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> Let's take a break. I'm your host, Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? 
Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Tune in to Dinosaur Detectives with Little Miss Dinosaur, Anna Dubois. We'll not only learn about dinosaurs, but also about fossils, ancient civilizations, and ask questions from paleontologists. You'll learn about science in general with an emphasis on paleontology and dinosaurs in general. Anna hopes that this show will start or increase your awareness and interest in the field of science. Dinosaur Detectives can be heard every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. We just talked about the new film, Max, and right now we're going to talk about the other new film, Jurassic World, with Willie and Triana. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. So, Triana, can you tell us about this wonderful new film? This film is about a dinosaur that's created in science lab, and when he gets older, he becomes a terror. He kills, like, for a sport. It was crazy. Everybody was dying, but one time... Yeah. These two brothers came, and they almost got killed. It was crazy. Everything was going on so fast that I couldn't even catch up. And was it going too fast for your disliking, or was it okay? It was going fast, really fast. Okay. And, Willie, what did you think about the story? I thought the story was was pretty um pretty intriguing. And did you did you see the original Jurassic Park? Yeah, I'd seen all of the three prior ones, um, Lost World, the first one, and the third one. And did you think it connected to the story better, or do you think... Um, Well, from my knowledge, they they made this film as if the previous two sequels weren't ever made. So this seemed like the perfect sequel to the first one. And do you think you need to see the original film to see this? You have to see the first one, because Jurassic World gives so many illusions and, and inside jokes to the first one. It really adds something to the, you know, to the newest film. So yeah, seeing the first one is imperative. Yeah, I also saw the film, and I'm like, hey, that's from the original film. Yeah, you would, 
Yeah. <laughs> so, Triana, how's the special effects? Because these dinosaurs are amazing. The special effects was actually awesome because it really like these really looked like these dinosaurs were actually real. And did you ever feel like it was unrealistic at all? No. Okay. And Willie, what did you think of the actual story? Do you think it was a little bit done before, or do you think it was completely original? Well, in any film like this, you're always going to get the same formula, you know? But it's not necessarily, you know, it's not necessarily where you're going, but how you get there. Sure, the story is, you know, is the same and, and recycled, but the, the ride is just so fun and so thrilling that you, you, can, you can get past that. Yeah, because, you know, Jurassic, the Jurassic series is like the core for all the dinosaur movies. Yes. And, and, do you, and how did you like the park, Jurassic World, kind of like an upgrade from the original Jurassic, Jurassic Land? Sorry, I forgot the name. It's okay. How did you like that? It was it was very cool to see, you know. I I I wanted to go there myself. I I thought it was great. It looked like tons of fun. It was very um innovative. Um, I I loved it. And how do you think the director did on his job? I think he did fantastic. He had a difficult job. He had to make um a, a fourth of uh, you know sequel and a franchise where the where the last two sequels weren't you know weren't uh, received very well. People felt like the franchise should have been left alone after the first one. And then he came and he almost made a film better than the first one. He, he did an astounding job. And the executive producer is actually the director of the original one, Steven Spielberg. Do you think he brought any of the original film, Charm? Oh, yeah. You can see a lot of Spielberg, um, you know, in this movie. Not just from a technological standpoint, but as far as even camera angles and certain shots. It has that Spielberg feel to it. So you can definitely see his imprint on it. And Triana, how did what did you think of the rides in the actual Jurassic World? Because there are some very interesting ones, including a dinosaur pet zoo dinosaur place where it can pet baby dinosaurs. I thought that was like really cool. Like I really actually wanted to go there. I thought it was a real Jurassic World for a second, but it was. I think it was really cool. The rides looked like it was awesome. It was just so real. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Ors, and today we will talk about The Legend of Longwood, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, and Inside Out. But right now we're talking about Jurassic World with Willie and Triana. We're just kind of talking about how this film is almost better than the original film, and also it's extremely realistic in all its standpoints. So, Willie, you kind of mentioned camera shots earlier. Can you talk about them a little bit? Well, Spielberg has this shot. It's... it's um. It's a dynamic sort of self-aware cheesy shot where, where the character will say a line or at an essential moment, he'll pan the camera, he'll zoom the camera in at this lower angle. And it's, it's his patented shot and fans of his love it. It's, it's actually pretty effective if it's not overdone. And you could just see this film, uh, you know, keep that shot from, from all the other Spielberg films. It was a great homage. Oh my God, I know what shot you're talking about. I, th- I actually was thinking the exact same thing when I saw those shots. And Willie, how was the acting for you? I felt of all the four films. Now, I will say this: it was weird seeing a Jurassic, you know, Jurassic Park film without Jeff Goldblum, Richard Attenberg, or Laura Dern. But Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pat really held their own. I, I would say it's probably the best acting of you know any any actors in the series. They really solidified relationships and emotions and depth, which is you know it sounds boring for a film like this. But um, it's actually pretty important because we care for them more and we're more in tune with, with who they are and their situations, which then makes them, you know, more 
closer to us. And Triana, how did you like the music? Because there is some very nice music, including the classic Jurassic World tune. I thought the music was actually cool because it went right with the scene. Because all the types of music that was playing, it went right exactly with the scene. Like if the scene was going, if the scene was crazy, everything was happening at a, at all at a time. They usually put like a cra- like crazy music on like some type of rock or something. But I thought it was cool. Yeah, I it kind of like boost the dr- drama in this scene, which yeah, is very it interesting. Did. And I mean, Willie, like I was saying, this film is extremely dramatic. Do you think this is more maybe even a bit horror, or this is just extremely dramatic? No, I I think I don't personally. Um, I don't think it was any more or less dramatic than any of the other ones. You still had your cheesy one-liners and your really fun comedic, um, comedic you know pieces of relief. I just think the one thing that makes it seem more dramatic is the fact that there are now better character relationships. It's in the writing and in the acting. So yes, it seems more dramatic because there's now more depth to it, and you know. Naturally, the deeper you get, the more dramatic things are going to become. And, of course, another part of Steven Spielberg's charm is including something that seems impossible, comedy and drama. And Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt kind of holded that completely up. Do you think he did a good job? I think he did an excellent job of taking the reins from Jeff Goldblum. Chris Pratt is going to be a very welcome addition to this series that they continue to, to make more. He has this... He has this great dramatic poise and this great comedic timing, and he's just an overall great leading man. He's someone you root for, and that's what you want in a film like this. Yeah, I definitely agree. And Triana, do you have a favorite scene? My favorite scene was actually when when Claire's assistant, Zara, gets picked up by the pedicurist, then gets eaten by the pedicurist. And I like this scene the best because the assistant was, wasn't really taking care of the children at all. So I thought it was, like, pretty hilarious. I think you mean paradactyl? Yeah, the paradactyl. And that was a very intense scene. I was actually kind of, like, gasping for breath when that happened. And, Willie, do you have a favorite scene? I don't really have favorite scene, a favorite scene. But one scene that did stand out to me was the ending battle. Um, it, may be a, it may be cliche, but uh, it, it, really, it really stood out to me. It was amazing to watch. It was gripping and, and thrilling and... It's probably the best battle scene in the whole series. Oh, my God. I love that scene. I have to agree with you 100%. <laughs> it's, well, it's a fantastic thank, scene. Of course. It really was. Well, thank you guys so much for talking to me about this fantastic film. No, thank, no you, for having, thank you for having us. We enjoyed it. No problem. It was great. Well, thank you for enjoying it. Uh, if you would like <laughs> to see this film, it is now in theaters near you. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon Appetit! 
to become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year, or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow. You set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey and welcome back to kids first coming attractions i'm your host raven devaney and you're listening to voice america kids so right now we are going to talk all about the film the legend of longwood and we have with us jerry uh so would you please tell us a little bit about this film yeah of course so it's about this young girl who lives in new york city and she is in love with this horse that she owns. Sadly, the horse passes away from an accident, and her family is forced to move, for other reasons and that, to a very small town called Longwood near England. And she, of course, is devastated to leave that horse, to leave New York City. And when she, once she gets in Longwood, all depressed and things, she discovers this legend of Longwood. That's, the, that's why it's called that. <laughs> and strangely, it is very connected to her, and it matters a lot to her for some reason. She does not know why. And she starts this huge adventure with other people, and it's exciting and dramatic and really, honestly, enjoyable to see. Well, it sounds like a very interesting film, um, and it definitely features 
a lot to do with animals on the poster for the film. It's her with the horse. Uh, and in the previous uh, review we did of uh, Max, you were talking all about how the animals are woven into the film. So let's talk a little bit about how these horses work with this film. The horses did wonderful. I think there's a total of maybe seven or eight horses that they used. And most of them didn't have very big roles. They were just maybe frolicking or just sitting in cages <laughs> or having to escape fires. You'll see about that if you watch right. the film. And the main horse that was in most of the film did a pretty good job at what he was supposed to do. He, um, The main character was riding him, and he had a huge part connected to the legend that I was talking about earlier. And he did a pretty good job. He was very well behaved. He was stubborn when he needed to be stubborn. He was cute when he needed to be cute. He was kind of helpless when he needed to be helpless. So Mm -hmm. he did a wonderful job. I think they did a fantastic job getting the correct horses for what they needed and beautiful horses too. Excellent. So talk to me a little bit about the acting in this film. Of course. So I do have to say at times, uh, especially the younger kids, the acting was a little bit dull. It was a little bit emotionless. It could have just been the characters, but I didn't feel like it. And it was not too motionful. It was not too motionful, I guess you can say. Otherwise, it was pretty good. I mean, all the adult roles, they did fantastic. Yeah, I definitely know what you're talking about sometimes in in films where they have a lot of younger actors. It's difficult to find the most professional or the most necessarily believable um not to say that i'm sure these kids did an amazing job but i definitely get where you're coming from Um, so since this film takes place in ireland that sort of area what did you think about the landscape and the cinematography that was used i can't say a correct answer because i've never been to ireland but (laughs) it does look like what most people think of ireland like very hilly kind of grassy and it is a small town which i think again, don't quote me on this, is Ireland-like because mm-hmm. it is a very mm-hmm. small town with a small castle, school, a couple stores, and a couple homes. That's pretty much it. No real big metropolis next to it or yeah. anywhere close by. Mm-hmm. So I think they did a fantastic job kind of portraying this small town. And imagine living in New York City, one of the biggest cities in the world, and then moving to this small town. So it is a big change, and I think they did a good job portraying that. Yeah, I feel like that would be a huge culture shock. Uh, so do you have a favorite character, someone that you really sort of related to or connected to at all in this film? Ooh, that's a tough one. I would have to say the horses because I personally love horses. I love riding horses. And I kind of know when the horse is like, don't ride me. I don't want to be ridden right now. So it was interesting to see the horse kind of like sit, kind of like kicking people off, like saying, don't ride me. And then the main character gets on the horse is like, oh, hello. <laughs> That's really cool that there was that sort of instant connection. And who yeah. would you recommend this film for? People who like horses, of course. People who kind of like more fairy tale type of fan- fantasy legends and adventures. And also mm-hmm. there's a lot of dramatic points in this film. If you like comedy, I don't think this is the best film for you. There, It really isn't much comedy, if any. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for telling us all about The Legend of Longwood. It is rated PG, so it sounds like a very good film for, you know, families, for sitting down watching with your friends. So make sure you check it out. Jerry, thank you so much as always. Thank you. 
You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids Network. And right now we are going to shift gears and start talking all about the brand new film uh, that won so many Sundance Awards. It is called Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, and it is one of my new favorite movies. Uh, so we are going to bring in Will and Declan. How are you guys doing? Good. I'm good. Awesome. Thank you guys for being with us today. Uh, so Declan, why don't you tell us a little bit about this film? Okay, so this film starts with this high schooler named Greg, who is not who tries to be invisible. So um, one day, his mom forced him to hang out with a girl named Rachel, who is diagnosed with um, leukemia. So now, um, Greg. So now, Greg and his coworker Earl try to make um, Rachel feel a lot better and like feel more loved. Mm-hmm. And Will, what did you think of this film? I thought it was a pretty good movie. If you like the Fault in Our Stars. Mm-hmm. I thought this film was absolutely incredible. I think I'm 17, so I'm right around the age range of these people. And I think it's so rare that I find a film that is so honest about what it's like to be a teenager and growing up in this day and age. And I think this film is so refreshing. Will, talk to me a little bit about the visuals, because uh, director Alfonso gomez Rejon and cinematographer Chung Hoon Chung worked together to sort of create this vision for the film and tried to make the, the visuals a character in and of themselves. Um, so what did you think of that? I didn't see the visuals as much of a character, but I didn't think the visuals were bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I personally found them very fascinating just because when you watch this film, there's not a single shot that isn't captivating. Like every single shot is super unique and creatively done. The shot sequences and camera angles, the panning and zooming techniques, I think it, it makes it a very interesting experience. Uh, Declan, talk to me a little bit about the characters in this film and a lot of them. Okay, so I really liked a lot of the characters. All of them were very relatable. Like, one of my favorites was Earl, because he was very relatable, because he reminds me of, like, some of my friends, and I thought he had, like, a lot of things I wanted to say to sometimes. A lot of the characters were very relatable, and I liked them all. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. The three main characters, um, there's Rachel, who's played by Olivia Cook, who I absolutely adore. She's in The Signal, which is one of my favorite movies, and Bates Motel, which is an amazing TV show. And then there's Thomas Mann, who plays Greg, who is a phenomenal actor, and normally he has more comedic roles. So it was really cool to see him in this film. And then Earl, who I agree with you, he was hilarious. This was actually his very first feature film. I believe that. He, I thought he did such an incredible job. Yeah, all of the main characters, I think, worked together really, really well. And then um, all of the supporting characters, I don't know if you'd agree, but I think the supporting roles were hilarious. It really tied the whole thing together. Uh, so, Will, what do you think about sort of the emotions behind this film? Because it is a very emotional and moving film. Well, I thought it had a good story. It wasn't really my kind of movie, but I know a lot of people like it. Yeah. Something I know, um, Declan, you mentioned the similarities, or I don't know if it was Will. One of the two of you mentioned the similarities to uh, The Fault in Our Stars. And I get that because it is a film about teenagers with cancer but this isn't necessarily a love story you know I mean it is a love story in the sense where 
these these three friends love each other on such a deep level, but it's not like a romantic film, and I think that's really nice because not every relationship has to be romantic, and I think it was very cool that some sort of showcased like you can be best friends with a guy if you're a girl and it doesn't have to be romantic and so I thought that was pretty cool so uh, Declan do you have a favorite scene that you'd care to share Ooh, this one's really hard um <laughs> I really like the ending but I'm not gonna talk about yeah. that one because I'd be spoiling so uh, one of my favorites was actually when Rachel and Greg like first met each other because I had a lot of situations where it's kind of, like, first awkward, then you find a lot in common. So I felt like it was very relatable, and I thought it was a very funny scene. Yeah, I think I think a lot of the scenes with Greg, he's just so awkward, and I think it's so interesting to watch him and be like, ah, oh, that's what it's like, that's what it's like. Uh, so, Will, what age rating would you recommend this film for? 14 to 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this film definitely has some heavy... T- Topics because it is about you know illness and life and death um, and there is mild profanity because it is around teenagers but I would definitely say I'd agree with you like 13 and up and I think adults would love it as well mm-hmm. uh, Declan how many stars would you give this film oh um, I would give this five out of five stars awesome one of my I favorites. agree with you Yes, I think this is definitely one of my new favorite films, and I cannot wait to see it again. So, guys, please make sure you check it out. It is in theaters this summer, me and Earl and the Dying Girl. And Declan and Will, thank you so much for talking with me all about it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, of course. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, from Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. Our voices need to be heard. Tune in every week for Women Investing in Women and Girls. This is a groundbreaking program that spotlights global issues from the perspectives of young women and teens. Our program is aimed at young listeners in general, including young men who wish to be engaged in our global dialogues. Come join us every Friday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for Women Investing in Women and Girls and follow the global economic revolution on the Voice America Kids channel. Join us every week for the Paper Hope Street Team. None of our topics are off the table. This is a program that you can listen to and discuss with your family. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the internet radio airwaves, we'll talk about the topics you want to talk about, such as friendship and relationships, or some more controversial issues about sex, drugs, and underage drinking. Join the Paper Hope Street Team live every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. Let's talk soon. Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. 
don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. We just talked about the films, The Legend of Longwood, and Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Right now, we're going to talk to Clayton about Inside Out. So, Clayton, how are you doing? I'm doing very well today. Awesome. So, can you tell me about this new Disney film? Inside Out is about the mind of a young girl, Riley, and the emotions that rule her day-to-day existence. And all the emotions are characters in the film. And I I saw a couple trailers, and I saw that the quote is kind of like, meet the little voices inside your head. Can you tell me about how you enjoyed the story and if it was original? I felt the story was very creative and I think it was one of the most creative movies I've ever seen. So it was very original. And in terms of like acting wise or comedy wise, do you have a favorite emotion? Emotion? I really like the anger emotion because he always popped his top and was like screaming and he was very humorous. And how was the animation? Because this is an animated film. I actually was uh, about the animation. I don't know what it was. I feel like it was a little bit of like sparkliness in it. I'm not sure. But there was just something there that I didn't really liked about it and how about the directing like in terms of where the virtual cameras because there's no real cameras shots and all that how's the directing the directing i think it was really good because the director also did up and he also did and monsters inc so he has a lot of experience and do you think his legacy continues very positively yes i actually do because i feel like this movie will be very popular with everyone like around i feel like i even really like this movie i wasn't really expecting it to be really as good as it was and by the way for anybody who was wondering the director is pete doctor and can you tell me about the voice actors how did they do the voice actors did very well yeah i feel like they were amazing and they were very funny they like really got into their role of being an emotion and i felt that would be very hard and did they play it realistically the entire time yeah i think yeah they did play it really realistically. and how did some of the people do like uh, there's some there's a really good cast uh amy poehler uh phyllis smith richard kind kinds yeah i really liked amy poehler, uh, poehler as joy i felt she was very excited and like really into the role that she had that's pretty good 
And was it entertaining the entire time, or do you think at times it was a little bit more boring? It was actually always entertaining because they were always in some other place, trying to get back to this place, trying to help. Do you have a favorite scene? Yes, my favorite scene is by far when Riley and her parents are at the dinner table. And their all their emotions are battling for the center stage, and it is very hysterical. That was by far the best scene. Everyone like started laughing. Oh, is that like? I think that was actually the trailer I saw. Yeah, I think that's in the trailer. And very quickly, can you tell me how many stars you give this film and why? I give this movie five out of five stars because I felt that it was appreciative on all the levels. I feel like it is six through eighteen, the age range, because I feel like kids under six wouldn't really. Get some of the scientific aspects of the film. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about this wonderful film. Thank you. Thank you for talking with me. Of course. If you would like to see this film, it is in theaters now. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Ors, and today we will talk about Jurassic World, and we talked about Inside Out, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, Legend of Longwood, and also Jurassic World again. And right now we're going to talk to Nathaniel about Jurassic World, and this is actually his first time, for,、uh, and he is. Calling in from Boulder, so welcome, Nathaniel. Hi. Hi, Nathaniel. So, can you please tell us about the story of Jurassic World? Well, um, it starts basically when two brothers are going off to Jurassic World since their aunt runs it, and、um, they stay there for a while and、uh, go around. But the new dinosaur basically gets released and is terrorizing everyone. And Was this very dramatic? Were you like a little bit scared, or like just having the shivers at times? I think it was a mix of all of those. It was right in the middle. It had some drama, like it, you got scared sometimes. Sometimes it was amazed, and it has many different elements to it. And what do you think was the main element for the drama? Was it the music? Was it the camera shots? Was it what's going on in the scene? It was kind of how they built up the suspense with low and how they went everything's.、Uh, can you repeat that last part? I didn't hear you. I I think it was also kind of when the pee building up suspense and went really slow. All right, and how's the acting this film? I mean, we have a fantastic cast, including the legendary Chris Pratt. Yeah, I think it was great. I. And I even knew it when I just heard that Chris Pratt was in it, because I've seen a lot of his other movies. And there are some quick one-liners or just a little bit joke here and there, because that is kind of Steven Spielberg, who executive produced the film, kind of key to make dramas and comedy together. Yeah. So how do you think he did with the comedy? Um, I think he was great at the jokes and stuff. I think that he wasn't like maybe he was a small bit off, like the other movies. The other movies they had more joking in this, but this one did have plenty. In- and do you have a favorite scene in the film? One of my favorite scenes is when um like the battle at the end, but another one is when the gyrosphere. I'm pretty sure, and um. One of the brothers says there's four. The other thinks there's five. The other disagrees.、Mm. And then the new dinosaur, like you, you can see the reflection of the new dinosaur in the glass. It's really scary but cool when that happens. And I, that's what probably made it my favorite part. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about this wonderful new film. Thank you for letting me. Of course. If you'd like to see Jurassic World, it is now in theaters near you. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Jerry Ors, and you have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. 
To hear more film reviews and learn how you can become a Kids First film critic, go to kidsfirst.org and check out our Kids First blog on Huffington Post. This show is produced for the Voice America Kids Network by Kids Star Radio. We empower kids. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. We'll be right back.